In the Word on the Go is brought to you by New Growth Press, the publisher helping every person grow closer to Christ. As parents, we all know how important it is to have good conversations with our kids, especially about the big things in life. If you've wondered how to get started, let me recommend Between Us Guys by Joel Fitzpatrick. It's a great conversation guide for dads and sons. And for moms and daughters, check out Between Us Girls by Trish Donahue. Find your next read to encourage you in your faith and learn more about new releases at newgrowthpress.com. This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm your host, Champ Thornton. Whether you're listening by yourself or with the family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I get to welcome Jason Allegood. Jason has been the teaching pastor of Fellowship Bible Church in Peoria, Illinois, since 2012. He's previously been an associate pastor and youth pastor, and is currently pursuing a Ph.D. in systematic theology from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri. He and his wife, Amber, were married in 1997 and have three children. Jason, great to have you on the podcast. Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me, Champ. Good to be on here. Good to be your friend. Absolutely. So glad we could finally get this together here. So, Jason, what's one of your favorite verses that you'd like to share with us today? Well, I love Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. All right. So, Jason, if you were to take this verse and paraphrase it and put it in your own words, what would that sound like? Yeah. For those who have truly been united to Christ, they do not need to fear the condemnation they rightly deserved because Jesus has taken that for them. Okay. So let's just kind of jump in here. I want to hear like some of the background of this verse, but let's just dive in. What does it mean when you say united to Christ? Yeah. That when we turn from our sin and trust in Christ's perfect life, his death and resurrection alone. We are uh, by the Spirit baptized into his body and everything that is Christ's, both his active obedience, his perfect obedience to the law, his death that secures for us a propitiation, a payment for the wrath we deserve with the Father, and his resurrection life. All of those things are ours. Sinclair Ferguson says we get all of Christ, and, and so therefore we are able to rightly live for him uh, because we have been united to him. So it's like the branches are connected to the vine, so what's true of the vine is true of the branches. Exactly. Okay, we're going to dive in in just a moment to find out more about this verse, but why this verse? Jason, why'd you pick this one? Yeah, because it deals with assurance. And so, you know, we, we, I think we tend to, and I, I should speak for myself here, we tend to wrestle with different aspects of assurance. And sometimes uh, it, it feels like we have to work for our justification and we need to be reminded that Christ has already finished that work. And uh, other times it, it, it feels like um, maybe we're not producing the fruit of justification um, and therefore, um, we're not uh, measuring up, which again, kind of flips it on its head and it becomes a, a works righteousness again. Hmm. So, uh, you know, realizing that works is a fruit of justification, not the root, as we often say, but that uh, this is my grounding of assurance. It's all in Christ. Even, even those works that I do accomplish are because of who Christ is and what he has done for me. But um, the idea that um, 
that that I am not condemned. And so, yeah, I feel that condemnation. Some of it has to do with the way uh, the church background I was raised in, which you're familiar mm-hmm. with, and those kind of things. But um, just, yeah, that, that those who are in Christ do not need to fear the condemnation. Again, back to that summary that we said that we justly deserved, but because Christ has taken it. So, yeah, it's a, it's a matter of assurance, I think, in short. Yeah, there's that old hymn that we never sing anymore that says, Payment God cannot twice demand, first at my bleeding Savior's hand, and then again at mine. Mm. So it's already been paid for, all of it, and uh, it would be unjust of uh, God to condemn those who are connected to Jesus. That's right, that's right. So I want to read this verse again. We're reading Romans chapter 8, the first verse. I'm reading out of the Christian Standard Bible. Here's what God's Word says. Therefore, there is now... No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So, Jason, help me understand this word now. I think that's an mm. important word. Kind of help explain that to us. That that word now, uh, for those who feared condemnation based on all that Paul has written, they do not need to fear condemnation as those who are in Christ Jesus. And that is a, a reality today. And I think that that's one of those places where we can turn to often, Champ, in our, in our lives, where that word now just is, uh, it just engenders such a sense of confidence, not in ourselves, but in Christ. And hmm. so it's not something that is only future, though it is future, but it is something that we can have experientially now. And of course, when I say experientially, you know this we don't mean that it always feels like that. And that's why we need a verse like this, because I need to be reminded uh, because of all of what Paul's written from sin to salvation uh, to even sanctification, this is a now reality. So if you were to take this verse and say the opposite, mm. what would that sound like? Yeah, I think there's really two ways to approach that. I, I think there there is the sort of condemning side of it. There is no hope for sinners you are condemned and Christ cannot save you. Hmm. In other words, there's not a sufficiency in Christ, uh, which really is even the other side of the coin. Do I think the other way we can approach this? Or you aren't condemned because your works will save you. So we have a tendency on one side to say, Christ cannot save me, therefore I need to add my works. But but that, that coin flips back and forth, doesn't it? Or, or you're not condemned because your works will save you. But man, I know that my works can't save me. So it's this feeling of condemnation on both sides. So there is no hope for sinners. You are condemned. Your, your destiny is certainly hell. Or the other side of that of, hey, come on, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You can do this. You don't need Christ or Christ alone. Uh, or Christ isn't enough. So, Jason, if someone is feeling condemned, maybe they think, maybe I shouldn't be, or I don't know, maybe I'm not even a Christian, whatever, if they're feeling condemned, how do they deal with that? How would they use this verse to embrace the reality that there is no condemnation? Yeah, I think that's such a great question, brother. Um, Again, kind of looking to the previous context and recognizing that we are going to struggle with sin. But then seeing Paul's resolve after, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the things I don't want to do. I'm not doing the things I want to do. The struggle with the flesh. And then, as I said previously, the sort of stamp of, of certainty that this is what God and Christ has done for us. And so that really adjusts our mind to not what have I done, but what has Christ done. That idea, again, in Christ Jesus, that preposition in being so important about union with 
Christ. And so that, in my mind, and I hope to those who are taught in their minds, it brings them back to what exactly did Christ do? He not only, and I think we cut something short when we talk about his death and resurrection without also talking about his life, his active obedience, that he obeyed perfectly everything that I can't obey. Or we go into the issue of the second Adam, Romans chapter 5, and what Adam didn't obey, what Israel didn't obey, Christ did. Yeah, so what's interesting here is it's not saying you should not feel condemned. It's actually Mm. making a statement not about what we should do, but about what is true, irrespective of what we're doing. And that is that what's true is for those who are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. That's right. And so we should try to not feel condemned, but it's not a feeling that we just whip up. It's a feeling based on a reality. And the reality is in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. That's right. He's already been condemned for us in our place. So, Jason, it's been great to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for taking the time. Would you take a moment and just pray this verse for our listeners as we close today? Sure thing. Well, Father, we are indeed so grateful for your grace and mercy, which is so abundant. And even what we read here in Romans 8, 1, that for those who are in Christ Jesus, Lord, your provision in your life, death, and resurrection has uh, secured for the believer this status of being made right before you justified. And therefore, we face no condemnation because that has already taken place on the cross for those who believe. And uh, Lord, we praise you. We worship you as a God who is both just, sin deserves punishment, but also the justifier in Jesus Christ, by whom we receive the Holy Spirit, who also Uh, brings that assurance to our hearts and lives. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word, On the Go. This episode is brought to you by New Growth Press, which aims to bring gospel-centered resources to every church and home. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.